Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's the Ramble Rock Podcast. Starring Dave Schilling, Billy Knight, Dave Twardzik, Joey Devine, Ernie Grunville, Mitch Kupchak, Isaiah Thomas, Sean Keen, Del Dibbs, Urban Magic Johnson, Patreons, Noah Cohen, thank you, Noah, Eric Buolo, thank you, Eric, Peter Dressler, thank you, Peter, Mike Richmond, musical guest, KD Lang, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. Sorry we took last week off, we had technical issues. I'm here, as always, with America's Uncle Dad, my friend and yours, permanent co-host of the Round Ball Rock podcast, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Spent a lot of time with those nephews again. They uh, they both hated Santa this year. Individually, uh, were very angry at the jolly old elf. And we have a special guest today. Uh, oh, I should. What? Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You just keep going. Uh, we have a special guest today, the host of Locked on Blazers. Uh, so guess what we're going to be talking about? It's our friend, Mike Richmond. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. And listen, I'm not worried that Don Pardo, the ghost of Don Pardo didn't know that I was going to be on the show. It's okay. 
That's what Don Pardo didn't know. But he I'm didn't here, say? Baby. Oh, no, I missed it. Uh, we'll add that in post. Don't worry oh. about that. Um, God damn it. You want to just ADR me saying it, and then we can, yes. that'll be really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, that yeah. would be perfect, yeah. Mike Richmond. Oh, that's beautiful. Perfect. That's great, yeah. You know, he, Don Pardo did a cameo in that new Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. As a ghost? He was played Muncher. <laughs> Sean, what happened? You've mentioned half a thing. Uh, a dog uh, disconnected my microphone, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that's, I mean, honestly, we're off to a good start. It's really that's... doing. It's, I'm really doing great today. Uh, seems like it's going well for Sean. Uh, just like it's going for the rest of the league. What a setup. Here we go. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean. Our first big story, and Mike, our first big story is Danny Ainge is back in Utah. Sean, do you want to run through uh, what's going on with Danny Ainge right now? Yeah, um, so he's back. Mm-hmm. We Watch we out, been... Chipotle's in the Utah area. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're going to talk about that, You're about to be out Joey. of beans. <laughs> Joey, we're, we're going to talk about that. I did some research about that. So, um, Mr. Ainge... You know, we have been age free in in the NBA for for a couple of months when he definitely just decided to retire from the Boston Celtics was not pushed or forced out at all. Uh, It was not like a like a big blonde rat fleeing a sinking ship. Uh, But he's back. He's in Utah, baby. Uh, Um, Question for both of you. Is it a coincidence that. When the league was COVID free, it was also Danny Ainge free, and now, yeah. hmm? mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh-huh. Ainge variant is back. <laughs> the Ainge variant has returned. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he got a chance to collab with one of the great COVID researchers of our time, John Stockton, and uh-huh. he, he could. He couldn't pass up that opportunity, you know. You a, a legend who really understands, you know, epidemiology. That's it. It, it doesn't get much better for Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. Does it? Does it seem weird that the Utah Jazz? I mean, look, Danny Ainge being involved with the Utah Jazz is not weird. Him um, now becoming like coworkers with Dwayne Wade—that is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. D Wade's got to get out of there. It was always weird that Dwayne Wade is. Um, the Utah Jazz the is Drake. Yeah, that he works for them in any capacity. I can't imagine that he's ever been to Salt Lake City, like period, like even to play a basketball game. I can't imagine. I can't imagine him being there. The only um, time he ever showed up was when he played for the Cavs that half a year. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> um, so I actually have a mic question for this. Did this yeah. happen so soon because... The Blazers were going to hire him. I mean, I think maybe he he kind of. I don't think it was like a super well kept secret that the that the Jazz wanted to add another powerful white person to the organization. Yeah. Uh, it's 
<laughs> you know, once you add Dwayne Wade, you've got to balance the scales. So uh, I think they were. I think it was important for them to add another powerful white, uh, particularly a powerful white with Utah connections. But uh, Danny Ainge is like the greatest Oregon prep athlete of all time. Right. Uh, you, yeah. So like he's like a he's a true Oregonian um, from straight out of South Eugene High School. Go mm-hmm. Axemen. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe oh. the is he the best baseball player ever from Oregon? <laughs> He's up there. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, I believe, is um, is uh, an Oregonian. Cool. Yeah, he seems. Uh, Scott he's got... Brocious. Scott yeah, Brocious. Okay. I watched Brocious. a lot of Scott Brocious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott Brocious went to Put- Rex Putnam High School in in Milwaukee, Oregon. So shout out to you know. Honestly, if we're doing all of those, doing an hour on fake, preps, by the way, Mike. <laughs> are we From doing an Milwaukee, hour on Oregon? Prep, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say the one year my dad had Oakland A's se- shared Oakland A's season tickets, Scott Brocious was on the team. And the guy behind us, every time he would make a mistake, would go, ugh, atrocious Brocious. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, uh, man, that, that probably doesn't get old 81 times a year at a baseball game. I love it. <laughs> well, and also just acting so offended. Ugh. <laughs> Um, um, okay, so so he's the CEO of the Jazz now. No, and he's not. He's the alternate governor. Get it right. The CEO. He's also the CEO. <laughs> Can we talk about the job title for a second? Alternate governor. Please. Has there ever been a less powerful sounding uh, job title ever? It's basically it's substitute teacher, right? That is, it's the same job title, basically. <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds stupider now that the, the NBA got so scared about calling the people that own the team owners mm-hmm. and that they've just gone with governors instead because it's yeah. sort of confusing. But yeah, is it like, is he almost the captain of the Mayflower? Is that what an alternate <laughs> governor is? <laughs> his, 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 his job title is actually Smee. Yeah, um. <laughs> I think he'd be good at that too. Um, so, um, I, I did I did a little status check on the Jazz. There are only two Chipotle's in Salt Lake City. Oh, that no. might not be enough. No. He might starve. Because How many Panera breads? There's only one. Panera what? Bread. I no, would have thought no. there were 55 Panera Breads in I, Salt Lake I, that City was, alone. That was, a real, <laughs> that was a real upset, Joey. As someone who has gone to eat Mexican food in Salt Lake City and been faced with an entirely white staff and white <laughs> kitchen, that is the incredibly baffling thing that happened to me at a... There, there was also like two varieties of tater tot on the menu at this Mexican restaurant. So, was it like the Mexican restaurant in, in Salt Lake City that everyone goes to? Um, it was. I mean, it was like it was weird because it was it was definitely like fast casual, but it had some name that was just like Taco Time. Because uh. <laughs> oh, there's one, and I don't want to buzz market them, but it, I believe it's called Red Iguana or something to that effect. Okay, and like. On the NBA scene, um, it's Ooh, like got it, an it insider. happens in NBA. 
it happens in media circles where there's you go to cities and there is just no fucking place to eat. So you have to you have to text your fellow scribes like, hey, I'm in Salt Lake City. Where do I get dinner? And like literally there's one. This is the one place like this is this is that <laughs> Mexican place is like the spot where it's like, oh, you're in Salt Lake City one night. Well, there's no other option. You're screwed. You have to go here and they close at nine o'clock. So you better hurry. <laughs> Very cool. That's yeah, it's awesome. a great city. <laughs> And only one um, Panera bread, which I'm sure closes at seven o'clock. So you gotta you gotta get that early bird special. I've been I've been to Salt Lake City um three times actually. Well, I mean, once was I mean I mean it was on alternate ends of a drive across the country, but uh I'm I'm um I'm like a member of I think six separate uh clubs for uh being able to have beer. Mm. I guess those memberships never run out. I went to the Olympics in 2002 as a spectator. Don't mm. don't get the wrong idea, guys. Because you're a big I was uh, a Winter Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> you're a big Johnny Lee Miller fan. Is that a 2002 Olympics man? All right, let, we got to move on. All right, Johnny Lee Miller, I think, is a train. <laughs> so that's that actor from Hackers. Yeah, what's that guy's yeah. name? The skier man. Anyway, Bodie Miller. Bodie Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bodie Miller was definitely there. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, so so just a couple of things, a couple other status things. We we won't we won't stay there that fast. Um, Utah is out first rounders in 2022 and 2024, so Danny Ainge cannot refuse to trade those picks. Oh, good. They've already been traded. <laughs> um, we I as far as I know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's older relatives are okay. So. They will not be punitively traded away after a family tragedy. And uh, this means that Tanner's political career has a chance to make a comeback after his dad uh, torpedoed it by signing Gordon Hayward. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Real quick, uh, let's talk about actually the thing we unfortunately don't want to talk about, but we really need to. Uh, COVID-19 is ravaging the NBA currently, Sean, and the country. And Mike, Mm -hmm. Sean, and Mike. Uh, Mike, you cover the Blazers. They're one of the only COVID-free teams. How's that going? (laughs) Well, um, you know, it it is weird to say, like, yeah, the Blazers season is going pretty bad, but no one has caught this terrible virus. Like, the most positive (laughs) thing about the Blazers is that... (laughs) It's like the, it's like yeah, the season's gone pretty wrong, right? Like this, the whole the whole franchise is in shambles. However, the pandemic <laughs> doing pretty good. That's one of the most legitimately one of the most positive parts of the Blazers season. Yeah, it, it, Neil O'Shea for all his faults could could recruit a hearty immune system for this roster. Um, yeah, they they got them all uh, they got them all vaxxed up, and then they. Um, they uh, proceeded to lose most of their basketball games. So, hey, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Tuesday, according to Baxter Holmes, not a bow tie man, even though we declared him a bow tie man on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, said that single day highs for NBA players entering into health and safety protocols this season. Tuesday, 13. Thursday, 11. And today, Friday, it's 11 a.m. There's already been 10 so far. The previous yeah. high before Tuesday was five. So um, I guess there's, I think there's, well, actually, this is probably not updated. There's probably, there's definitely more than 50 players, coaches, and staff in the protocol right now. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, at some point it was it was 47 in December earlier this week, which is like more than 10% of the league. Yeah, um, that's a lot of folks. And um, they're sort of floating. The One of the rumors they're floating is that like asymptomatic players can play maybe? That, that maybe seems like not the correct uh, end of this to address. Y- right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, basically, my question for you guys. Uh, are we going to stop the season here? You know, I'll say hard no. I hard also, no. unfortunately, think hard no. Um, Sean, go ahead. Um, I mean... I actually think what might it seems like what might make sense would be to briefly pause. And I know there's terrible. uh, There's all these other factors with the games and postponements and TV and stuff. Um, Yeah. Doesn't it seem like they they could just maybe call a break and then come back for the Christmas games or something like try to calm down a little bit. But um there's there was less testing than I thought. I didn't realize that vaccinated players just didn't ha- ever have to test. Uh, but now they're going to start requiring uh, masks again on the bench. I mean, and... isn't the answer here to mandate boosters, actually? Uh, and so what? Maybe you get five more Kyries, but... No, it seems, it seems like, <laughs> I think, what did they say? 60% of the league has been boosted? Yeah. Which is, you know, pretty good, but um I don't know. It it I don't have a good advice, but I just I think I need to see what Nate Silver recommends. <laughs> I was gonna say Nate Duncan, but yeah, yeah one, one of the Nates. <laughs> one of the Nates will have will get me updated on how sports and capitalism and the pandemic work mm-hmm. and then i will have a, a, an opinion on how everyone can make the most money and i can still watch basketball and that's uh, what i'm looking for all i know is uh they better not start protesting again because the tv ratings are up baby <laughs> oh nice <laughs> that's uh, all that well, really matters <laughs> hold on there i gotta go tell the antifa faction that's currently outside of my house getting ready i'll be give me one second <laughs> Um, it's really on the battleground. Look, on the plot, like, look, it's very fucked up that 52 players have entered COVID protocols this week and also Masai Ujiri, Alvin Gentry, and Rick Carlisle. But on the bright side, Isaiah Thomas is back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I, it's crazy that he's back. With the Lakers, Lakers. yeah. (laughs) Wait, no, he's he's the brand. (laughs) Didn't didn't LeBron basically kick him off the Cavs very quickly? He he did bully his ass right out of Cleveland. That's true. That is that that is true. (laughs) I mean, you know what? The last Dan Gange and Isaiah Thomas returned on the same day. I was gonna say the last person who got bullied off of the Cavs. Got a job with the Jazz, so maybe that's where Isaiah Thomas is headed next. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, it's weird. I will say on a serious note, it's kind of weird to talk about basketball. I know while everyone, while there's a terrible virus ravaging the league, um, but I'm just gonna do what capitalism does 
and talk about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash roundrockpod. <laughs> Buy our t-shirts at the link in the description. Um, and uh, twitter.com, roundrockpod, roundrockpod at... Um, and yeah, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting one, but next up, Sean, can we talk about Basketball references map real quick before we get into Neil and Shay stuff. So basketball reference today released a map of the most popular player page by state. And I just want to say right off the bat, Wyoming, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) So every state... Except for Minnesota has a current player, except for Wyoming and Minnesota. But Minnesota, okay, it's Michael Jordan. I'm guessing they were just looking at that meme where they it looked like Anthony Edwards and rookie Michael Jordan looked the same. <laughs> but Wyoming, their most popular player page is Pistol Pete. That's so weird. Yeah, it's really dark, honestly. It's really dark. <laughs> that Pistol Pete is your number one NBA player. I I am troubled by this map. Uh, how do you feel about Maine's most popular player being Dennis Schroeder? Uh, I, I'm, I'm confused, but maybe he was a, a Maine Celtic? Did he have a G League moment or something? Probably not, actually. He's only I think been they on were, I think they were trying to maybe brag about what a quality value signing it was <laughs> to get him this year, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, maybe there's a secret German population in Maine that I don't know about. And maybe, oh, yeah, maybe yeah, honestly, yeah. we should be concerned about as a country. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Dallas, I mean, of course, Texas's number one page is, of course, LeBron James. But don't worry, Texas. You have some friends in North Carolina, the only state where Luka Doncic's page is number one. Okay, <laughs> Steph Curry is from Charlotte. Uh-huh. LaMelo Ball plays in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was born mm-hmm. in Wilmington. Zion Williamson, born in South Carolina, played uh-huh. college basketball. There are so many North Carolinians on this fucking map. And my man Lucas, <laughs> my man Luka just swoops in. He's like, what's up? <laughs> Well, and meanwhile, uh, where's LaMelo Ball, the most searched for player? Oh, you know, Kansas. <laughs> Where he's famously never been. A, a, state he's famously a guy who did not attend uh, college in America. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Oregon, for once again uh, being the homerist of states. Damian Lillard, the only place he's number one. <laughs> Yeah, we. It's like oh, I'm feeling really down. It got dark at 4:30. I'm gonna go look at Damian Lillard's basketball <laughs> reference page. Uh, I think there's a very clear. Uh, there's one spite state, and mm-hmm. that is Pennsylvania. Yeah, Ben um, Simmons, number one page in Pennsylvania. <laughs> clearly, they are just looking for um, just negative stats uh, to <laughs> yell about. I'm guessing. <laughs> It's just yeah, his playoff game. Fourth quarter field goal attempts. Exactly. <laughs> um, Zion, yeah, like... not the number one page in New Orleans, but he is the number one page in where is it? It's uh, North Dakota. Joey. North Dakota. North yeah. Dakota. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, inferior Dakota, in fact. <laughs> Uh, anyway, very weird, very weird. Love looking at maps like this. Hey, basketball reference, release more maps. This um, is great. Oh, and James Harden, the king of Alaska. Oh, yeah, the yeah, king of Alaska. Really <laughs> it's like the great north. Carlos Boozer beards. should be upset that he's not yeah. always the number one page in Alaska. Um, Arkansas also loves Michael Jordan, and I feel like that's a slap in the face to Joe Johnson. Uh, Sean, is there any other news stories you want to talk about before we get to what we're here to talk about? Um, I, I want to talk about Rick Carlisle real briefly. I like I it. Mean, yeah, yeah. Do you want to mention Steph Curry? I guess it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, People... he's the three-point king. Everybody knew that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, it, it, it made me weirdly – look, I was like – poo-pooing the whole thing when it kept as it was going on but then as a man who literally jumped up and down when the Warriors drafted Steph Curry because it was the it felt like the first time they'd ever picked the correct pick in my entire life <laughs> um it made me weirdly emotional I will say that um yeah as a Steph Curry um, stan I would also say uh if you didn't know that um, Del Curry was getting divorced. Oh, was the more you most saw him in that game? Man alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hall of Fame Nelly consulted him uh, on that outfit, and I was like, "Yeah, put a put a snake on your shirt. That'll show him you're ready." Tuck that T-shirt in. Yeah. put that. <laughs> tuck that T-shirt into those pants, young man. You are you are out on the market. He's like, New York, New York City, there's a lot of single women there, right? Oh, poor Dell. Um. <laughs> uh, that was all I wanted to say about that. The one thing I did want to say is um, that Rick Carlisle yes, article yeah, was yeah. A, real, a real slam. He was so mean to Dennis Smith Jr., which, and Mike, you probably said, We don't even know the half. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, yeah, yeah, have yeah, you Dennis talked Smith to Dennis like Smith worse. Jr. about this yet? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the way COVID reporting works is that I would have to like request. I'd be like, hi, can you bring Dennis out from the back so we can gossip? Um, because <laughs> in the past I would have gone right up to his locker pregame and been like, all right, you got to You got to give me at least one good Carlisle story, right? Like you got to give, I want the dirt um, in some, some form or fashion. Uh, but now like you have to get guys, like it's because of safety reasons, you have to like do it in like more formal transactional settings. So I have not been able to gossip, but, um, I cannot wait. Uh, also, Dennis Smith from North Carolina could have been more popular than Luka Doncic. Or maybe that's the connection there. So that maybe, a lot yeah, of yeah. maybe that's why. Maybe that just happened in the last two days that Luka jumped up to the, the number one page. Because yeah, <laughs> like, everyone Smith was Jr.'s good friends with this guy. Let's check him out. Yeah, that's Dennis Smith Jr.'s pal. Um. All right. So should we talk about him? Should we talk about the man, the myth, the... America's the NBA's favorite actor, <laughs> Neil Olshay. That's what we brought Mike on to talk about. Uh, they the the Blazers fired him. So I heard Sean Deadline oh, yeah. announced this today that um uh, he's actually going to star in a new show with Jeff Garland. Oh wow! Uh, where they just bully? It's called where they bully cast the the where they bully crew members. Um, yeah, I've heard that's part of uh, both of their processes, yeah. and they don't think it's a big deal. Um, 
So, so, and they Neil both was... hate internal investigations to the point where they don't do them. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so the the Blazers did an investigation about essentially workplace bullying. Is that right? Like a, yeah. a hostile culture. Yes, mm-hmm. berating staff members and employees. Um, you know, uh, on cussing people out and generally creating a toxic work. Now, Mike. You're you're a Blazers insider. Have you ever witnessed uh, Neil Olshay cursing anyone out? I mean, I um, have on this on these very earbuds that I'm talking to you on right now. I have heard Neil Olshay cuss me out. Um, Ooh! <laughs> did he think you were Dan Dickow? <laughs> Listen, so Dan Dickow did that podcast. It was shared by Chris Haynes. Connect your own dots. Why Chris Haynes would share that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, he's, it's like, who does Chris Haynes work for? Um, but it's, it, uh, Neil O'Shea was meaner to me than he ever was to Neil, to Dan Dickow. Oh, I, like, I uh, have, you gotta tell this full story now, Mike. Okay. So the <laughs> Dan can't Dickow hurt story, you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he can, he, he, he knows how to come back. Probably <laughs> yeah. It's, he's, but has a lot more money than I do. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, D- Dan Dickel's story is like, I wanted to get a job and Neil Olshay told me I wasn't qualified. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, well, no shit. That will happen. Like, t- good luck out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Dickel now runs a high school sports website where they do high school sports scores in case you guys want to get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, my, like, Neil, so I, I've covered the team for in various capacities for six or seven seasons, but I was like a beat writer at some point before um, the cold crush of the shrinking newspaper industry mm-hmm. sent me out on my ass and I had to get another job. Um, but, and now I do this as a hobby, but, uh, when I was covering the team and, and I was a beat writer, I worked for the newspaper, I reported something and I text Neil or emailed him, whatever, contacted him in some way. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to write this story. Is this true? And he didn't respond because he would ignore me all the time because mm-hmm. he didn't give a shit about me. I'm not Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm totally normal thing. Um, and then I wrote it and I published it and probably within a minute of it publishing, he he was blowing up my phone, texting me, what the fuck is this? What, what, like, blah, 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 blah. But what made him mad was I was like, dog, I called you at 10 AM or I contacted you at 10 AM and a story posted afternoon. Like you had two hours to like get back to me and, uh, putting Neil Olshay on a timeline resulted in him just, um, giving me a quick call while I was at, I was at Costco with my mother-in-law and (laughs) just, Um, and just letting me know that that is chicken shit among other things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, um, I have, I like me, a very low level reporter got, um, could, could quickly set the man off and get Mm -hmm. cursed at. So of course, anyone else who makes much larger decisions can too. No shit. (laughs) Of course it happens. Mm -hmm. But that was in 2015 or something like he he was on the job for another six years after one time cussing mm-hmm. me out. At Costco. Well, so are you saying there might have been some ulterior motive to fire Neil O'Shea for cause? I am. Well, the the number one motive is that the Blazers are owned by a billionaire estate that doesn't want to pay people more money. Uh-huh. So they yeah, want yeah. to not pay him. Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. They could have just fired him outright without paying him. Um, I'm just saying, and I don't know this, but why is why is Chris Haynes sharing a Dan Dickow uh, podcast that he wasn't involved in? Why was that? Why did I find out about the Dan Dickow podcast from from Yahoo Sports and Turner Sports reporter Chris Haynes? Well, you know, there's. I feel like 
there is a proxy war happening right now, and I can't tell if uh, that our our newsbreakers are the pawns or if it's also a battle between them because definitely I would say Adrian Wojnarowski seems uh-huh. to um, have more information from Neil. And then the Haynes-Shams block mm-hmm. seems to have um, an unusual amount of inside information from uh, Dame Lillard. Yeah, it's like a Cold War is becoming a hot war. And it's like the, it is a hot war. And the Blazers are – and Portland is once again, just like in the culture wars, uh, is the number one battleground. It's ground zero. Uh, I would say in this case, uh, Dame Lillard's camp and Haynes and Shams are Antifa, and Woj is uh, alt the alt right. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and I was on Dame's side, and then I was like, "Why did you break the windows at the museum? Like, what? What, was, what the fuck was that about?" Like, I don't care about the Gucci store really, but why did you break the windows at the museum? Aren't they? Is it publicly funded? I don't... What's happening? <laughs> um, okay, but... So this is this is to get rid of Neil, and clearly Lillard wanted to get rid of Neil. Is there a move that Portland wants to make that Neil wouldn't make? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, basically what I'm saying is, is this a precursor to trading CJ McCollum, do you think? So I, I think, at least from the Woj reporting, is that it seems like that Damian Lord won $100 million and uh, Neil Olshay was not going to give him $100 million. Uh-huh. Uh, but let's be, be honest, like, Neil Olshay was also going to give him $100 million when it came down was, to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certainly. So, like, like that let's seems- all be honest here. Dame is getting that hundred million dollars. It might just not be right now. <laughs> yeah, he won't get the verbal promise. He'll just get it in July when they um, right, right. And he's still on the roster, and he's eligible to get it. They'll give him the hundred million bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I don't think it was as much about not trading CJ, but I think it got down to the because I don't think the ownership gives a shit about that. Like, they just um, I think it all came. It's like. They were like, you know, they could have fired. They let Neil hire Chauncey Billups. They let Neil do all of the dumb shit he did all summer where he just like every time he had a press conference, he just needed to like pretend to be a professional adult and he was incapable of doing that. Yeah, and he uh-huh. just said that's proprietary, Sean. <laughs> yeah. He, over and over and over again. It was actively mean to pass guest Sean Hyken in a public <laughs> space when he could have just like d- – uh, Sean asked a similar question because Sean's there at the damn press conferences. He asked a similar question of Joe Cronin and Joe Cronin gave him like the, a nothing answer, but it was like a professional nothing answer. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. you, you know, you could prepare for press conferences. Like you could show up like prepared <laughs> to answer questions. Um, yeah, that, that someone might ask you uh, a single follow-up uh, yeah. about your bullshit story. Yeah, except, you know what? <laughs> Other GMs... <laughs> haven't taken improv 101 so they could be on days of our lives one time in 1984 <laughs> so that's why you just gotta wing it bro it's true it's true he's he was just trying to no but sean all yeah. the time he's like no he's like a lot of people yes and but i go the other way i got a little bit of an alternative comedy approach i just no but everyone hold on <laughs> 
Yeah. And uh, it didn't work out for him. But like ownership let him do all that bullshit, right? Like they didn't care. They didn't. And then it's like, and then maybe the like contract stuff with Dame happened. And then also more, maybe more importantly, the team sucks. And I think the combination of those team of those things was like, yeah, I think it's fine if we get rid of Neil. We just got to figure out a way not to pay him. And they Mm -hmm. mission accomplished, baby, until Neil (laughs) sues them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's, uh, you know, uh, some of the legal fees may come out of the penguin skeleton budget, but (laughs) I think they can handle it. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Are you allowed to go to Antarctica during covid? I've, it I feels mean, like that. If go you're ahead. Jody Allen, you can go anywhere on your uh, dead brother's Gislaine Maxwell Explorer's Jacques Cousteau boat. So, yeah. <laughs> the only time I've ever run afoul of Vulcan is when their boat uh, accidentally parked over some uh, some coral and destroyed some coral. And I just like I literally just aggregated it because that's one of the jobs. Like someone mm-hmm. else reported it and I don't uh-huh. I didn't know how to contact Vulcan. So I just was like, according to whoever, this news source, <laughs> that this boat that belongs to Paul Allen, like, destroyed some coral. And, like, probably, they probably have, like, a Google or whatever. But, like, within, like, two minutes of that story publishing, I had an email from Vulcan being like, no, it's not what fucking happened. You're an idiot. Take down the story. Like, this is the only contact I've ever had with those people. Uh, but <laughs> they were fast and they were mad. Well, uh, you're lucky they didn't kidnap you. Because I, that's what a company called Vulcan sounds. Vulcan as a company is the name of an evil corporation. That is the name of a company Harry Bosch has to, like, uh, break into because their CEO murdered the chief of police. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, should we get into, look, we, should we move on now? Oh, I guess let's talk trades. Mike, oh, yeah. Is there a trade the Blazers could make to make Portland's backcourt even smaller? Well, I thought they could sign Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was, he was, he scored like 42 in a game in the G league before he joined. Um, I guess he's like legally supposed to join the, uh, Lakers. Like if you were good in 2013, you mm-hmm. have to join the Lakers. Yeah. That's right. Like, right. That's yeah. It's, it's like the a law. law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I think there, I think there is that move. I think some sort of like CJ McCollum for Fred Van Vliet action where you get a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. I think that gets them smaller. Um, I think a three-way trade with the Hornets where they switch Nurk and Miles Turner, where they get Ish Smith and they get a little smaller. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think yeah. that's the direction that's like outside the box. That's why you bring me on the show. Cause uh-huh. I'm thinking three team <laughs> trades to shrink this backcourt. Um, that's that's maybe worth it. Maybe some sort of Jalen Brunson trade with Dallas. You know, mm-hmm, CJ for mm-hmm. Chris and Jalen Brunson. You get Ooh, uh, yeah. that. Is that's there like, any way they can play Anthony at the four? I mean, they did for like a couple days, one week. They played four, <laughs> six with three guards. Um, so yes, where there's a will, there's a way. Chauncey Billups is he's fearless, um, and part of not totally being good at NBA coaching is putting out <laughs> wild ass lineups, um, including the two, the stretch where they went, they played the Cleveland Cavaliers, which who famously placed three, seven foot players. And the Blazers uh-huh. said, oh, all right, what if we played th- four dudes who were six foot three at the end mm-hmm. of this game? Um, 
truly incredible. So, yeah, I think we could get there. I don't think it's okay, that far Okay, great, away. great. Because he's actually been okay, weirdly. Um, yeah, he's good at basketball, but it, they just have loaded up on six foot three guards. They're yeah. kind of injured, so they look down the bench and they put in Ben McLemore, a six foot three shooting guard. Mm-hmm. That's yep. literally perfect. Quite literally, what they had to do was find <laughs> another six foot three shooting guard who they luckily fucking Neil Olshay Pokemon every last one of those dudes, and so they were on <laughs> yeah. the bench. Is there any way to combine Dennis Smith Jr. and Ben McLemore into a? Uh, an actual NBA rotation player Pokemon style. <laughs> yeah, like what, whatever that, like if yeah. you can evolve. Yeah, can NBA, you evolve uh, the two yeah. of them into <laughs> one player? <laughs> um. Honestly, worth a shot. Where's Professor Oak when we need him? <laughs> um, but seriously, they're going to make a trade, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like this, the the new GM, the interim GM, his name is Joe Cronin. Uh, he's been with the he's been with the franchise forever. He's a nice fella, and he's he's really tall and really bald. So I gotta say though, the name Joe Cronin, as a man who cares about names, screams interim blank. <laughs> wow. Well, he's also that's also the name of a baseball Hall of Famer, Joey. Mm-hmm. Which you know, and, and honestly, a baseball Hall of Fame name is often an interim blank. <laughs> yeah, but you know name, what? Right? He also I bet Joe Cronin the baseball player had some kind of crazy nickname where it was like Lefty Glove Joe Cronin or whatever. I think I think it was let me let me find it because he definitely did have a nickname. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also probably vaguely racist because that era of baseball is real wild out there. So be careful baseball Joe Cronin. <laughs> Sean, while we're talking about nicknames, you yeah. found an incredible one the other day. Do you want to let Mike know what Garrison Matthews' nickname is? Yes, Garrison Matthews is currently tearing up the league for the Houston Rockets. He has one nickname listed on Basketball Reference, and it's Gary Bird. <laughs> yeah, sick. <laughs> uh, Joe Cronin. Uh, also, weirdly, Gary is spelled with two R's, I guess, to, mi- to match. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Cronin, Cronin weirdly known... no nickname, according to Baseball Reference. Yeah, I did. I... That's somebody calls him Mr. Clutch. Mm-hmm. Cool. Whatever. So, so, All right. Anyway, so, time to move go. on. Yeah. yeah I mean, real Joe Cronin is going to make a trade, though. They're going to trade CJ. They're going to trade Nurk. They're going to trade Rocco. They're going to tear this thing down and try to build around Dame to build another team that's the fifth best team in the West again. That's, <laughs> so he, that, that's... And it's mainly because they're scared Dame's going to leave, right? Yeah, and I think it's like I think he was gonna leave in July. I think that's real. Like I think he really considered it. Um, he was pretty open about I haven't decided my future yet. Um, which he ate is, that uh, Italian salad, yeah. um, and then was like, "Nope, I'm staying." Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> he got he got uh, that classic radicchio Caesar, um, <laughs> Portland's own, um, and. I think it was real in July and then he decided to come back and he was like, if you come back, here's what I want a hundred million dollars and I want you to do this and this and that. And either Neil wouldn't do it or Neil didn't have time to do it. And now they're going to, they're going to, they're going to acquiesce my man and try it again with a new group. Um, this is kind of what loyalty looks like, I guess, is that mm-hmm. you just, you, you run on the hamster wheel for a little while and then you're, you know, a, you're, Favorite player moves on, and that's that. See, I would have thought loyalty was uh, pretending a rap album is good once a year um, as a city. But, you know, 
people view loyalty differently, um, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to win the heart of of this fan base with with Joe Cronin, where do you go for the fans? Do you start with Portugal the man? Is that your biggest influencer in terms of the celebrity fan base? Because um, I feel like Stephen Malkmus is sort of more a general fantasy basketball fan, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I I don't know if Katie Lang has like a lot of opinions on roster moves. Katie Lang is a legitimately big Blazer fan, like comes to the yeah. games and stuff. Legitimately big. The Blazers kind of have a, they, they've lost some of their, I think COVID kind of took away some of their, uh, whatever celebrity identity. Um, I think Chuck Polinick lives here. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. throw him in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we used to have this guy uh, that they called really tan Ken and he would occasionally be on TNT. His name's Ron Sloy. And he was like just a, a, a man who went to the tanning booth and wore a suit. Oh, I've seen that guy. Yeah. 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 But he doesn't really come to games anymore. So, um, so you don't have to appease really tan Ken anymore. Um, uh, are you familiar with, with killer Dave from bread, uh, the, guy the from bread Dave's, guy from the bread. The yeah. Bread the guy, guy with the yeah, guitar. He, yeah, the guy with the guitar. He was sitting courtside for like a whole year with a with a pal. Him and a pal would come and sit courtside. So he was like legitimately the Blazers' biggest celebrity, Killer Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it did, Killer Dave doesn't show up anymore. He got rid of his his tickets. the The guy who's the GM of the Mavs, Nico Harrison, was like a Nike executive. He would be at the games. They really like. I honestly, and I don't say this just to like pander to the California comedy scene, but I really think it's up to Ian Carmel. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. We actually like, asked I, him to come on, but he was too busy. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm hit ready for a late night show. I'm on television all the yeah. time. Oh, I'm basically, that's I'm what, that's exactly what age, it sounds like. I'm basically new age Andy Richter. I don't. I can't do this. Like I'm. Um, I I got legitimately famous. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, yeah, that's right. Fuck you, Ian. No, 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 no. We like Ian. We're a pro no, Ian podcast. We are pro Ian. guest on uh, Locked on Blazers. Uh, Ian is, Ian is a, uh, but like, I, I do think Cronin will have to reach out to Ian and find out what he wants. Yeah. Um, because. If... <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, I just, now we, we just need to figure out which which players have like direct connections to Beaverton because uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's what Ian's going to want is he's going to want the Western suburbs of Portland to be represented See, on the roster. I yeah. actually think what Joe Cronin should do. If Ian is how you get the fan base back, you appear on all fantasy, everything and you do fantasy fantasy blazers trades. That's Ooh, what you draft, and then good. you just do all of Ian's. You do Ian's whole list. Well, here's, uh, here's what you do. Here's what you do, Joe Cronin. First, you start growing your mustache. Then you have a sit-down. You get Portugal. You get the men. You get KD Lang. You get Killer Dave. Yeah, you you get... go to a restaurant, and you order pancakes for the table. That's... Um... <laughs> All right, uh, we got to go through this real quick. Sean, we did this with our friend John Wilmes when uh, Gar Pax got fired. Wilmes, um, please. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, Mike, what we want to do is, in a way, to eulogize Neil Olshay's weird basketball team he created here. Let's run through it. Let's... 
walk you through, like, do a this is your moves with you <laughs> and uh, walk you through Neil Olshay's history of moves as Blazers GM. Sean, yeah. take us through it. So I so so Neil was previously the the Clippers GM. He was the assistant GM when they drafted Blake Griffin, and he had basically two um, notable things that happened uh, with the Clippers. I would say one pretty good, one pretty bad. Uh, he made the Chris Paul trade, mm, well, so obviously he had sucked up to David Stern and got him to, <laughs> to cancel that other trade. <laughs> He 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 offered to uh, introduce David Stern to Susan Lucci, and that was enough <laughs> to scuttle the trade. Um, so that was a good trade. He also traded Baron Davis and a first round pick that became Kyrie Irving for Mo Williams and Mo Jamar Williams. Mm-hmm. Sick. And Jamario Moon. Uh, and Jamario, I Moon. believe, I... still the only globetrotter to make the NBA. To go from Globetrotter to NBA player and not vice versa? I think that's true, although I'm not sure about Devin George. Fair enough. I think I think you're right, though. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, okay, so so he arrives there in 2012, and the first thing he does is draft Damian Lillard. Yeah, sort good of. job. I don't sort exactly know how he was available. Um, I guess he just had a short contract with the Clippers, maybe, or they weren't. He was up. He was up for renegotiation, and the Clippers had were going to sign him to an extension, and they kind of balked at the asking price. Mm. And so then there was this dead period, and the and the Blazers swooped in and said, "We'll pay you. We don't care. We're not as cheap as Sterling." Right. It was because Sterling owned the Clippers at that point. Let's be honest. Um, And actually, right right before that happened, um, I don't remember who the previous, but an interim GM. Uh, Chad, made the Chad Gerald Buchanan. Wallace for Damian Lillard trade, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chad Buchanan, when they fired Rich Cho for being too nerdy. This is like real deep Blazer lore, but I think it's important huh. here. Uh, the Blazers hired after they got rid of – this is a, a long a long way to, that it happened. But yeah. <laughs> Kevin Pritchard got fired on draft night. Mm-hmm. They let him still – Which was ironic because his favorite things to do was – trade really really late first and second round picks around for no reason it was like his busiest <laughs> night <laughs> yeah, exactly. really he was exactly. the king of shuffling the deck on draft night <laughs> <laughs> uh and then they hired rich cho mm-hmm. and rich cho was excuse me early. they hired a food blogger rich cho but keep going yeah he loves burmese food loves burmese food um and but he was too nerdy and he he didn't get along with Paul Allen because Paul also was a nerd and it was too nerdy in the front office. So they got rid of Rich Cho like 18 months into his tenure and Chad Buchanan took over and he the last interim GM for the Blazers like got them Damian frickin Lillard. Um, so they should maybe always just stick with the interim tag. It's the permanency that's ruining this franchise. Right. <laughs> Mike, can I tell you a real quick Rich Cho story? Please. Uh, I was. At Summer League in 2010? Yeah, it was 2010. Um, And I stood behind... There's one concession stand at Summer League, and they all have the same thing. It's chicken fingers, a burger, popcorn nachos. Like, it's the most basic concession stand ever. I stood behind Rich Cho 
in line at the concession stand where he just stared at the menu for seven straight minutes and then turned around and walked away with no, well, without ordering anything. In your face, Thomas and Max Center. Yeah, take that. Um, okay, so Neil arrives in town and they he takes Dame Lillard. And, he also uh, takes Myers Leonard. No. He takes Myers Leonard and Noted he drafts Will Slur Man. Um, What's that? Noted slur sayer, Myers slur Leonard. Man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's a pretty good draft, even with Myers Leonard. Yeah, Will Barton and Damian Lillard. Good, good job. Okay, so uh, the other thing he does is he almost immediately becomes a hero in Portland. If if drafting Dame wasn't enough, he trades away. Raymond Felton, who who disappointed uh, the Portland fans so much with his lack of fitness, um, he, he trades... also offered to fight them at uh, his local apartment complex. He said, he "I'd did, stay, yes. <laughs> I'd stay at the Indigo in the Pearl District. You could come meet me there." Um, Indigo still standing. Raymond Felton gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they get they get Jared Jeffries in this deal. And um, Dan Gadzarich, which is pretty yeah, just, good. Those two guys are pretty good if you're putting together a March Madness team in 2006 or whatever. <laughs> I, believe, I believe they cut Gadzarich in uh, like within two weeks. Um, and the other move he makes is matching Minnesota's offer to Nick Batum because this is like the tail end of the, of the Minnesota-Portland weird... Cold War. Well, and also it's weird because the Seahawks had a very similar Cold War going on with the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. where they were like constantly matching each other's free agents and signing them to poison pills. Like Nate Burleson got really paid just because of that. Um, Mike, <laughs> why do the people of Portland hate the people of Minnesota so much? Uh, you know, like predominantly white, mid-sized American city with bad weather. We can't. It is. We got to get those motherfuckers off the map. I will say, uh, Minnesota, better bands. All right, keep going. <laughs> More diversity, too. They're not nearly as white as us. I, I'll, I can't slander them. Uh, yeah, there is a Somali community that I think maybe does not exist in uh, Portland as much. Mm-hmm. All right, keep um, going. Okay. Uh, okay, so they, they match the offer to Nick Batum. Four for 46, pretty good. Uh, then he makes a lot of, a couple just like mid-sized things. He picks up like an extra second round pick and he gets Eric Maynard for nothing. Eric mm-hmm. Maynard was not particularly good, but that was free. So he mm-hmm. was, he was good at getting free stuff that first year. Um, and they, they go 33 and 49. It's a consolidation year. The next year they're up to, to, to 54 and 28, a huge mm-hmm. improvement. And they, they beat the Houston Rockets, I think in the first round. Uh, he drafts C.J. McCollum. He also drafts uh, Jeff Withy. Mm, bad, and, noted I'm, bad I'm, person, Jeff Withy. And then, yeah, he um, and then he trades two second round picks to get Alan Crabb, who will mm-hmm. figure uh, very prominently in all these transaction histories. Uh, Golden Bear, great, who got shoved by Mike Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, right. And then very quickly. He uses Jeff Withy and trades um, a complicated deal where he's trading more second rounders and a pick swap to the New Orleans Pelicans and gets Robin Lopez. Ooh. And uh, he then also trades two more second round picks to the Houston Rockets for Thomas Robinson, who mm-hmm. at this point I think had been the fifth pick in the draft like it, three yeah, years ago. He was a bust 
at this point. He was mm-hmm. the pick before Dame. He's the reason why Dame is in Portland is because the dumbass Kings took Thomas Robinson. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he got oh, so it was a year earlier. My God, you know so what? Is... You know what's something on the thing I will always remember about Thomas Robinson. Uh, I forget who interviewed him at the draft. It might have been Sage Steele. Uh, it was probably Sage Steele. She asked him when he got drafted to Sacramento. Uh, your sister is a huge fan of Disneyland. Are you excited to get drafted somewhere so close to Disneyland? God. About going to Sacramento. Sacramento. Yeah. It's only six, it's only like six and a half hours. That's close. Like, yeah, it's it's cl- some, <laughs> but in a scenic drive it is, too. Yeah. It's, Driving yeah. down that 99. Actually, I guess you could take five. I don't know why you would take 99. Okay. Um, and then he signed <laughs> a couple little signings. Uh, signs Darrell Wright. Mm-hmm. That's, and Mo uh, Williams. Oh, he does sign Mo Williams. He so loves this motherfucker. Loves Mo Williams. He loves Mo well, he Williams. He loves his guys. He loves his guys. That's yeah. That's and uh, we're gonna get some of those more of those guys later. Um, pretty successful season. Yeah, for that was a good season players. for sure. Legitimately, yeah. one of his best years. Is uh, Robin absolutely. Lopez? How beloved is he in Portland still? Oh, he he could. Um, I was going to say run for mayor, but maybe not. Um, like uh, he's, but he is like a quintessential Portland guy. Um, he, you know, he, he's weird. He maybe doesn't like basketball so much and he's, and he's kind of okay at it. And being just okay is, is the sweet spot for Blazer fans. Well, absolutely. <laughs> well yeah. I, I mean, isn't that kind of Channing Fry vibes to a degree where Channing Fry also seemed like he had just a lot of off the court interests. Oh, yeah, he was into other stuff. Like, he's really into the Portland food scene, and that's, you know, you got to love it. Yeah. And, like, Ro- Rolo was, like, would go to when we'd have our little baby Comic-Con. You'd get to see Rolo there. That's He dressed as Batman. And, I mean, that's that's how you become a folk hero. That, oh, I forgot it, the most interesting thing about Jared Jeffries in Portland. Oh. He briefly was a member of the Portland stand-up comedy scene. Remember? <laughs> No, I don't yeah, yeah. remember that. He did stand. He did stand up open mics, and our friend Amy Miller would make fun of him a lot on Twitter because they knew each other. Sick. Oh my Amy, Miller, Amy Miller. Amy Miller. I extremely wish funny. I don't know what Jared Jeffries is up to. Though. Can we? Can we put a? Can we put a plea out to the listeners? If anyone has footage of Jared Jeffries doing stand up comedy <laughs> in Stumptown or anywhere, honestly, please. Please let us know. <laughs> All right, Sean. Also, Jared Jeffries, if you'd like to do a set um, <laughs> at uh, Loose, formerly known as The Business, on Monday nights in Echo Park in Los Angeles, uh, hit me up. On, you have to follow. You have to follow Jeannie Bus, though. You do, um, yeah, you, you, Jeannie, <laughs> Jeannie gets any spot she wants for yeah. a tight five. Possibly seven yeah. if she can bring four people. Jeannie, what is the what is the what do they say put as the drop in spot at the comedy store? Sean, it's like must book or whatever. That's yeah, Je- yeah. that's Jeannie Bus always. Um <laughs> all right. Uh Sean okay, so, yeah. what do they do next? What's our man? What's our favorite failed actor? What's he do next? You know, it's 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 actually a a very small year transaction wise because they have lost their draft picks by the previous regime's trades for Gerald Wallace and Raymond Felton. So they actually have no picks 
in the in the 2014 draft. Well, but um, he does do a couple of things. He signs two he more signs whites Chris, for Portland to signs, root for. Yeah. Chris Kamen <laughs> and Steve Blake in possibly Steve Blake's like third t- time coming to Portland. Um, That's correct. These are not super significant. This team is uh, legitimately very good. And they, in fact, decide to really go for it. Because I think at this point, um, and maybe not without. I will say there is an important thing that happens here. Yeah, yeah, but let me just He trades for Chris Kamen, who becomes friends with Andy Nyo. No. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So... So this is this is a very good team. Uh, they win 51 games. They had won 54 the year before, and uh, they decide to kind of go for it at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And he trades Will Barton, uh, Victor Claver. Is mm-hmm. that how you say his name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. And then they trade a conditional uh, 2016 first round pick that becomes uh, Malik Beasley. Oh man, a six three guard. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> crushing. And then they they get Aaron Aflalo. And then two weeks later, with this team ready to go, uh, Wes Matthews ruptures his Achilles mm-hmm. tendon. And uh, I got to say, I don't like cri- I don't criticize this move that much because it, it did feel wide open. And uh, the 2015 Warriors were kind of vulnerable in the playoffs, I would say. Like they had a, they had a couple series that could have gone uh, either way. At certain points, so that Blazers but, uh, team would have beaten them, though. Um, what's that? All right, I said I don't think that Blazers team would have beaten them, though. Oh yeah, um, I just <laughs> I think I think from the perspective of Warriors never won anything ever and sure. being the Golden State Warriors, I could see how you might uh, see an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Wes Matthews hurt his Achilles tendon. We get to the next year, and uh, he he he. This is pretty incredible. He manages to parlay Steve Blake mm-hmm. into two more whites. Um, <laughs> they draft Rondé Hollis Jefferson and trade him and Blake for Mason Plumley and mm-hmm. Pat Connaughton. Oh, yeah, bouncy, the bouncy whites era yeah. had begun. As opposed to non-bouncy whites, we've now moved into the bouncy whites era of Neil Olshay's uh, preferences. It yeah. really started with Myers Leonard, but yeah. then it, it, got, it got going from this point forward. And he... <laughs> He he gets rid of all of the starters except Dame. Um, well, a lot of them just leave, right? I don't. Yeah, they're know. all right, free but, agents. They're all free agents. Yeah, but Rogue, it, I, think, I think he would have wanted to keep Aldridge, but once Aldridge was gone, uh, Lopez leaves, Wes Matthews leaves, Aaron Flalo leaves, and he trades Nick Batum, who has one year left on his deal, for uh, Noah Vonley and Gerald Henderson. Mm-hmm. And then he makes some some big signings, uh, signs all through Camino, one of his guys. Mm-hmm. Drafted, we should say drafted him eighth overall, uh, yeah. which I wasn't Al Farouk Amino, like the third guy signed that summer. That was the the cap spike. He might have been the yeah first or second guy signed. And that. everyone no, or the cap space summer. The cap space summer oh, comes next. It right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, this <laughs> is this is a this is a good summer. Yeah, yeah. And then the next summer. He just somehow these guys become his guys very quickly. Um, he signs Alfred. He, he signs a lot of guys to reasonable deals here. Uh, Alfred Camino gets four for 30. Ed Davis gets three for 20 mm-hmm. or 20 for three, whatever. Um, and then he signs Ennis Cantor to an offer sheet 
uh, a massive four for seventy that's matched, mercifully matched. But but you know maybe he's playing uh, seven dimensional chess and he was just trying to knock out the Oklahoma City Thunder with this move. I don't think so. I think he really liked Enos Cantor. What? According to, according what, to just because he acquired him two more times after this. <laughs> yeah, the Blazers did like it, like I remember that summer asking now the formerly the cap guy now the freaking GM Joe Cronin like y'all don't really think Ennis Cantor is good, do you? He's like no no he, we, we we hope we hope they don't match. And then that you know days later they match, but like they were they were in on Cantor and then they were in on him again and then another time. Yeah. Well, you know what? That I have to ask you then. Is Joe Cronin an interim CIA op? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Joe Cronin is uh, it's the feds, um, but uh, I, I, I mean, if you if you roll with Ennis Cantor that hard, you can't rule it out. None of the people that are in his that stay in his crew, I can trust at all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so then, then the last, the last significant move he makes is uh, he trades a conditional second round pick for Mo Harkless from the Magic. Really good. That's a really good trade. So he um, adds a bunch of um, sort of cheap, um, and all, all, almost all these guys are on either short or uh, very like movable contracts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then later that summer he gets he basically just they have a lot of cap space. He he takes he gets two second rounders from Cleveland for taking Brendan Haywood and Mike Miller. And then at the trade deadline, Cleveland again is worried about money. And uh, they managed to turn one of those second round picks into a first round pick uh, for just absorbing Anderson Verajao. And this trade secretly won Cleveland the NBA title because <laughs> Anderson Verajao ended up on the Warriors and uh, delivered one of the worst finals performances a tornado of suck, someone <laughs> called it. That someone was me. Um, and then they also take a guy named Brian Roberts. So he's starting to accumulate the second round picks that he may have traded away. Mm-hmm. And it goes pretty well that year. They're 44 and 38. They end up winning around, I think, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin get hurt in that series. Yeah, in about a 90-second span. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, the Blazers were up like six and losing the series at the time. Chris Paul breaks a bone in his hand. Uh, Blake Griffin hurts his hamstring. And I the Blazers can't believe escape. those two guys got hurt. Uh, yeah, especially that's... in important games at important <laughs> moments. It's so yeah. weird. Uh, and then and then this is also notable because it is uh, the one time they win a playoff game against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what the Warriors at the time called the closest five-game series of all time. A true curse. A true yes. curse of the <laughs> and, and Neil took that to heart. Um, Boy, did okay. he. So he decides they're, they're, he loves this team, and the he just has to add a missing piece. So first, he brings back Alan Crabb, who gets a four-year, $75 million offer from the Brooklyn Nets. Neil matches. Uh, he, he gives Mo Harkless a four-year deal. Myers Leonard gets a four-year deal. They're almost identical contracts. Mo gets a little bit more. He adds Festus Azili from the Warriors, mm-hmm. who maybe doesn't play a single game. I Not think. a one. Not a one. Uh, he Poor guy. Trade- $10 million from the Blazers, so shout out to Festus. Yeah. Yeah. And then he trades cash for Shabazz Napier, and then he adds the missing piece, Evan Turner 
four years mm-hmm. uh, for $70 million. People love that uh, they, signing, right? Do you know the Evan Turner story is like he gets the call early in free agency, $70 million. He calls his best friend in the world, Andre Iguodala, and says, yo, dog, they offered me $70 million. And Andre Iguodala says, what the fuck are you doing? Hang mm-hmm. up and sign the contract. Yeah. <laughs> I saw like, Evan Turner get a triple-double live, by the way. Let's go. <laughs> uh, not for Portland. He, I think he was on the Celtics at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just good. That was the, the more uh, meteor years. He got a little lean in Portland. Yeah. Was I, saw some, I saw some terrible basketball in New York City. Um, uh, oh, they also, they also trade a second-round pick because they love trading second-round picks for uh, Jake Lehman. Bouncy White. So this is... They go pretty hard, and this year they go forty-one and forty-one. Um, but they're they're struggling. They're trading water, and he makes maybe his best trade uh, in February of this mm-hmm. year. He trades away Mason Plumley for Yusuf Nurkic and uh, a conditional first rounder and a second rounder in twenty eighteen. The picks become Harry Giles and Shake Milton, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Great, but. You know, he he got a pick, he got a better player, and he maintained the team's Caucasian levels. So that's <laughs> that's a win-win-win, they say. Um, but they make the playoffs again. And then 2017 and 18, uh Nurk Nurk ends up being really good for the team. Uh in the draft, they they have three first round picks and they trade <sighs> two of them. The 15 mm-hmm. and the 20 for Zach Collins, the 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep the 26 and they draft Caleb Swanigan, which is an amazing name, but also I think that's a bus name, Joey, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I just. I don't know if a Caleb is ever going to make it in the NBA. Wow. Say that to Caleb Martin's face. Wow. Uh, I, yeah. uh, I wouldn't say it to Cody's face, but I will say it to Caleb's. <laughs> Um, and then they immediately uh, regret that Alan Crab contract, and they just they just trade him to Brooklyn uh, in a in a real my bad situation where they're like, hey, you guys signed under this offer sheet, now you can have him, and uh, they get Andrew Nicholson, and they immediately wave and stretch him. So he had three years and twenty million left. Uh, they turned it into a seven. $20 million deal for cap purposes. So Andrew Nicholson is on the payroll for uh, two seasons after this one. Oh, good for him. Yeah, good still on the Andrew. books, baby. Still on the books. Baby. <laughs> you know where and you then... went to college? It's St. Bonaventure. Shout out to Woj. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, we might be picking sides in this. There's conflict, a, but... uh, I always think of, whenever I think of Woj, I think of one time I was listening to the Woj pod and he did a he did an ad for like Ticketmaster or somebody, and he was talking about he's like I recently used Ticketmaster to see one of my favorite musicians, Jody Watley. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I mean, good for Woj, but would not have guessed that one. <laughs> um. And, you know, the Blazers go 49 and 33 this year. They don't make much of a move at the trade deadline except to pay the Chicago Bulls to to take Noah Vonley. Mm -hmm. Um, That's clearly a luxury tax move. It was indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then the the next year, uh, this is a 53 and 29 team. This is a conference finalist. Mm -hmm. And uh, they they extend. Yusuf Nurkic to a four-year, $48 million deal. 
um, which I believe is descending as well. Um, but he also got a bunch of playing time and team wins incentives and spoiler guys. Yusuf Irnish did not reach uh, his games played milestones in Poor any guy. of the years of this contract. Uh, he gets Nick Stauskas on a minimum, and he gets Steph, Seth White. Curry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, Seth Curry also gets a one-year deal. Uh, he also um, drafts Anthony Simons in the first round. And in the second round, he trades two twos to get Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, it cost them a second-round pick in the 2019 draft. Uh, Justin James, who's notable for being picked one spot after uh, Alan Smilagic. Oh, they could have had Smilagic. Smiley. The pick, <laughs> and the pick that becomes Sharif Cooper. Um, and then um, at the deadline this year, another pretty pretty solid move. He trades Wade Baldwin the fourth, who was sort of on the team. One of the one of the less notable uh, NBA first round picks, Stauskas, and two second round picks Stauskas? to Cleveland to get Rodney Hood. Great, uh, and then he trades Caleb Swanigan for Scal Labis Labissier Labissier Labissier. I God, you gotta say wrong, it so French. You gotta it say it the French way, baby. <laughs> Labissier. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, so he's probably never going to get Caleb Swanigan again, right? No, 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 right? Hold on. <laughs> let's let's see how this plays out. <laughs> and uh, going into the playoffs. Oh, actually, no. He signs him. He must have gotten bought. I think Ennis Cantor got bought out. By yeah, the he Thunder. got bought out. And yeah. then he, they got him in the, uh, they got him in the buyout market. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think actually almost all of these are good moves. And then uh, Nurkic breaks his leg mm-hmm. and he, he misses the next year, basically. You know they, why uh, you know why Cantor got bought out, right? The CIA needed to him to uh, infiltrate the uh, up the the Antifa movement. That's true. That's yeah. true. He's been there keeping tabs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they make the. Conference finals. This is a very exciting year for Portland. Um, is that when they play? They play the marathon overtimes against uh, the Nuggets. That yeah, year, they played right? four overtimes. Rodney Hood became a hero. They won a game seven in Denver where, where uh, CJ McCollum had 37 points. Um, you'll probably get to that. The problem with that performance here in a moment. <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> And then they uh, played the Warriors who didn't have Kevin Durant or Andre Iguodala and they won zero games and they lost all four games despite having at least a 15 point lead in all four games yeah. because when the Warriors tried to win, it was easy for them to do so. Uh, question. I, it, it was a crazy Myers letter to series two where he was he doing whatever he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> question about Portland Trailblazers fans and the Denver Nuggets, Mike. Uh, do they still hate Jokic and think he's like the dirtiest player alive or whatever they were saying at the time of that yeah, series. Yeah, there's real beef. There's real beef between those two teams, particularly because um the like the directions they've gone basically since this playoff series mm-hmm. is that like the Nuggets continue to be very good and Jokic might be the best player in the world and um mm-hmm. the Blazers are 11 and 18. Mhm. But they've got the best rapper alive, the best clean rapper alive playing point. No, he Harvard. swears now, dude. You need to you need to listen to the new uh, the new album. He he says swears now, so he's he's really hard to the core. How much are you paying me to listen to this new album? 
I don't know. What's like? I think minimum wage in Portland is like uh, eleven fifty. So yeah, we'll go so twelve dollars. I, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Sorry. <laughs> All right. we'll, we'll, we'll check out the Patreon. We'll we'll, we'll have some hits. Um, okay, so they. Okay, we're we're all the way to 2019-20. They draft Nasir Little, um, 25th pick. Uh, our friend of the podcast, Kelly Dwyer, says he's really good at hitting the open man. And he, <laughs> he didn't add any. No, uh, oh, I guess I guess sorry. He he's good at throwing uh, a pass to a guy in like a good spot for him to get a shot off. Mm-hmm. He did not have any other compliments about his game. Uh, he also trades the Evan Turner era ends, and uh, he's traded for Kent Bazemore. And he extends his guys. Damian oh, Lillard which gets guys? Supermax. Great. Um, this would have been like a $200 million deal, but the cap went down. So it's, you know, it's a percentage of the cap. Ends up being like about four for 107. Anyway, it's a big contract. Uh, CJ McCollum gets to tack on three years to his deal. Three years, $100 million. That's he signed good. Through, he signed <laughs> through 23. Dame signed through 24. Uh, Rodney Hood re-ups for the mini mid-level exception and is almost immediately hurt. And then uh, they also add Anthony Tolliver and Mario Hazonia, who gets a two-year deal for 3.7, which is not not egregious necessarily, but just baffling. Uh, like, yeah, where this was is the, the Hazonia This is the Whiteside trade summer, too. Um, yes, so they like, trade uh-huh. <laughs> Myers and Moe for Hassan Whiteside. He basically undoes... The 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 summer of 2016, um, Mo out, Myers out, Hassan Whiteside in, and uh, they get rid of Jake Lehman in a trade where they just give up fake draft rights. They they have an amazing amount of um, trades that heavily involve Greek players who were taken in the second round who never came <laughs> to the United States, and I left them off the list because I just like. I'm sure I'm saying Georgios wrong, and two of them are named Georgios. <laughs> well, um, I should also point out that they signed Pau Gasol. Yes, <laughs> classic Blazer, Pau Gasol. All the memories he made. In... Yeah, it's the second former NBA champion that played zero games for the Blazers as a big offseason <laughs> signing. So you know you got it. You got to add those where you can. And uh, um, thankfully, the 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 local haberdashers of Portland. They bring in Carmelo Anthony, who I'm sure spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on ha- on goofy hats around. Oh, it's the city. a good it's a good match. And yeah. do you think he ever went to the plaid pantry wearing a bathrobe, the Portland version of the bodega? Yeah, and got himself a, a the most expensive bottle of wine that plaid had to sell him. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Portland. Uh, um, they also add uh, Trevor Ariza and Caleb Swanigan again. <laughs> they bring him back when they dump Bazemore and Tolliver. They also dump two second round picks in that deal. Again, I have to I have to think this might have something to do with the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. It also yeah. just seems like a stunning number of second round picks he's able to trade. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's stun- inventing them somehow. I mean, I guess he got a bunch for just taking contracts from the it, it seems like he's he was really good at um, getting free stuff from the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, and that basically brings us up to today, right? I mean, he then he uh, get he adds two major people, right? At trades some point. two first round picks to get Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow trades Hazonia for Cantor, which is an incredible deal. He also gets <laughs> a bunch of cash from the Celtics for that. 
they sign Roddy Hood again, and they <clears throat> sign Derek Jones Jr. But then he's, he trades Gary Trenton and Hood for Norman Powell. And Norman Powell gets five years and $90 million. And then this year, I would just say these are really sad signings. I mean, Norman Powell, <laughs> whatever. He's I love Norman Powell. Maybe not on this team in particular, but right. uh, I'm a fan. Uh, but Ben McLemore, Cody Zeller, another insurance white, mm-hmm. Tony Snell, and Dennis Smith Jr. This is the most bummer of a bench signing. Oh, and he also trades Derek Jones Jr. for Larry Nance Jr. in a in a junior challenge, but uh, <laughs> also trades another first-round pick. So there's a lot of trading of first-round picks um, for – Guys who aren't bad players or anything, but it feels like they have spent a lot of their sort of trade capital on moves that aren't really big enough. Shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic a little bit, maybe? I mean, I would say it's more of a (laughs) fancy yacht, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like a super yacht with two helipads. Um, Shuffling the deck chairs on uh, the science boat from Vulcanones. (laughs) Yeah, the boat that got me a really angry email. Um, uh, Yeah, like, my hot Olshay take is that he was really good until the summer of 2016. Like, I feel like his first three years with the Blazers, he was, like, legitimately good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it really got bad. And now he... And then he just been has been screwing it up since, and he refused to trade CJ McCollum. And so then it was like, well, what else do you have to trade? It was like, well, we got a bunch of first round picks. And so then the only thing you're trading is picks for mm-hmm. Covington and Nance. And now you're screwed. And now you've left the other guy with this empty cupboard and a really expensive roster and a maybe somewhat disgruntled superstar. And uh, it all started with that wild summer of 2016 mm-hmm. um, when when Evan Turner and Alan Crabb got the $150 million. Right. Um, well, that's our uh, career retrospective of uh, Neil Shea. Um, what, do you, what do you give him as a letter grade for his tenure? C minus. All right. And now what I want you to do, Mike. I will fondly remember Neil Olshay calling Jason Quick Jace. Saying, Look, Jace. Roster construction is a fluid process. Mm-hmm. I will strongly remember him saying that he won't trade Damian Lord or CJ McCollum because he has the best backcourt in the NBA after mm-hmm. losing to the Golden State fucking Warriors. <laughs> I will remember that Neil was a stubborn dickhead and that even a stubborn dickhead can last in the league for 10 years as long as you have one of the 10 best players in the league drafted by the previous regime three weeks before you took the job. Mm-hmm. And I will remember fondly of so many bouncy white guys, Jake Lehman, Mason Lumpley, and <laughs> Pat Connaughton, who were pretty good. And then never got a second contract because they weren't quite Neil's guys enough. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll remember that C.J. McCollum got $200 million (laughs) to be the 40th best player in the NBA. (laughs) Carrying on a Ben Gordon-ass tradition of being pretty good at one thing 
and landing in the right spot a million times. So thank you, Neil. Thanks for the memories, bud. And then for that one time that you cussed me out when I was at Costco. <laughs> thank you, Mike. I'm a little teary after that one. <laughs> uh, Mike, is there anything you would like to uh, plug? Yeah, I, I've, I've been doing this plug and I'll continue doing it. Uh, if you are able to call your mom, um, please do to call your mom and tell your lover. If you don't have that person in your life or that relationship in your life, uh, just make sure that today or when you're listening to this, you reach out to someone you love and tell them that you love them. Because the most important thing we can do is tell the people that we cherish in our lives that we cherish them. So please go do that if you can. Um, great. And Sean, I think that's our episode. That's our episode, baby. Is there anything you would like to plug? No. um, I'll be at Sketchfest this year in January, but you you can check that out on the internet or uh, I don't have, I don't have anything big coming up, but I'll be, I'll be around town uh, doing shows. Oh, and uh, there is a new um, round ball book club podcast up on the Patreon where I talk uh, longer than I expected about Ray Allen's uh, memoir, from the outside. Yeah, we're actually going double Patreon today because uh, our uh, new podcast, A Room with the News, is also going up today. Um, and as always, you can follow me at Frankie Muniz on Twitter, where on 12-4-21, I tweeted, I thought about becoming a UFC fighter, but then I dropped an empty cardboard box and it hit my shin and I was on the ground of the garage for 30 minutes. Tapping out. Sean, did you write a song? I did. Uh, this I knew this was a special Portland episode, so I collaborated with the ghost of Elliot Smith to do a song about the departed GM. And uh, he he had two things to say. One of them was that the Al Farouk Aminu signing was underrated, and also that uh, he didn't kill himself. So that was weird. But um, the song we came up with was called is called Oh Well, O'Shea. Uh, great. That's playing under us right now. And uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Seriously, NBA, shut it down. COVID is <laughs> Consider a shutting it down. Take like a, take at least 10 days. Take 10 days. Like, it, just be cool. <laughs> His Portland's and the face from one life to live Investigating internally Had no fucks to give Couldn't figure out what day was so unhappy Should he make a trade? No, no, no Losing the first round And keep CJ Oh well O'Shea Gave Evan Turner 70 mil And I don't know how He's getting fired now for being mean to Dan Decal. 
Well, even lost support from Katie Lang Portugal, the man's not far behind The Decembrists are staying away Oh well, oh shame If you've got a veteran that's overachieving Neil's gonna give him a four-year deal And it's hard to treat a guy who's hard to play Oh well, oh Shay Oh well, oh Shay Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.